0: What's up, everybody? It's Joel Lapuma. You were listening to the Complex Sneakers podcast. As always, I'm with my two friends and my two co-hosts, Mr. Matt Welty. everyone doing? And of course, he just did a little shadow boxing I saw on the Zoom, my man Brendan Dunn. How we doing, buddy?
1: Just, Just trying to stretch out the muscles before we get into it.
0: Go ahead, go ahead, get loose.
1: We get have a ready. muscular man on the podcast today. That's I don't want, true. I, no spoilers, bud. So I want to make sure I'm fully worked out.
0: That's true. You look a little puffed up. Is that did you do? Did you do some extra sets because you knew this guy was coming on?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, just in case. Extra sets for Brendan means he did a set.
0: <laughs> I mean, because
2: because they, they, they're at a baseline of zero. So
0: listen, this guy. I used to call this guy a couple months ago. On Saturday morning, and he wouldn't pick up, and he was like, oh, sorry, I was just doing 14 miles. So don't sleep on his
1: fitness. I'm To, to be totally honest, Wealthy's working out way more than I am right now, and I, I need to get back on that wagon. We need to motivate each other.
0: Same. Mm-hmm. Wealthy, Wealthy is definitely the one who's been working out the most during quarantine.
2: Although Brendan um, did, about 30 minutes ago, mention, um, or he pitched Adam Caparel from the Load Management podcast, that he wants to outline his yoga routine. Some of coverage something. on Complex Sports.
1: I know you guys read the parkour article I put up, so I'm trying to keep, keep pushing in that direction. And I'm
0: with it. You know why? Because right now his brand is hot, and we're trying to expand the brand into every wealthy... If you learn anything, it's when the brand... Is hot. You try to corner every single market. He's trying to corner the parkour He's market. To
1: trying to corner. He's out here fighting on Twitter on my behalf. You saw what I tweeted. He's yeah, I saw that. We're gonna talk about that. He's trying to
0: corner the yoga market. He may end up with the Lululemon deal by the end of this podcast. <laughs> you never know. You never know.
3: Oh,
0: and God. the Reebok deal, which <clears throat> listen, the Reebok deal. It was all fun and games. It's I'll still
1: fun and games. I'll let you guys talk <laughs> It's about
0: still this. fun and games. It's still fun and games. I don't want to let my ego get too out to of control. It's still it's still fun and games. He I see a plethora of Reebok boxes behind him. But you know, I remember what I learned in school. Tell me. You know, I I learned very early on when people were saying 3 Pete 3 Pete 3 Pete that Pat Riley trademark 3 Pete And last week There wasn't a trademark situation, but a term that I think Brendan Dunn, to be totally transparent, something I've never heard before, it was used on full-size run for the past 17 seasons, was (laughs) Boktober. And Reebok got a Boktober collection coming out. And with that all being said, I'm passing it to my co-host, Matt Welty, for his thoughts.
3: So there's a...
2: (laughs) There's a Boktober collection coming out that we found out about, I would say, probably like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, there's three different shoes. All three of them are like Halloween inspired with cobwebs and skeletons on them. And as the story goes, because I'm not on the chain, but. Brendan Dunn was sent a PR email saying, hey, check out the new Reebok Boktober collection. No, n- no news. He had no uh, sense that this was going to happen, even though he does have some sort of contractual obligation with the company. Um, this was the first he had heard of it. Um, so it gets put out. The, the people think I re- I designed the shoe. I don't have anything to
1: do with the Reebok October shoes. I know a lot of people wear we Boktober because of me, but I don't have anything to do with Man, the was
2: that
0: slack exploding? I had no idea what was going on.
2: Made an editorial decision. Not to cover the collection. (laughs) Wow. Just put it out there because, yeah. Okay. You know? um, Who made that that decision? It, was, I think a, it good was a decision.
1: Wow, yes. you guys! Wealthy, okay, I, I want you to—I want you to help me here. I want you to attest to something. <laughs> oh I have tried again and again to be humble with respect to this, and I've tried to let other people tell the story because obviously, when I see that Reebok is doing a October pack, I—I may feel some type of way, but I want to let other people decide whether or not I popularize that term or whether or not I deserve any credit. So, Wealthy, please at least—at least tell the listeners that I have remained humble throughout this.
2: Yeah, I have we had a? Me and Brendan had a short conversation. Before this kind of just going back in the in the through the through all the time um, that we've done full size around and we were kind of just thinking of like, where did this all start? How did it how did it all happen? Where did the Bach boys thing come from? You know, I don't think that we, we could we could I think we came to the conclusion that can't take credit for creating Bach boys Who started it. It was, it was like an internet thing. Like People like Nick Gangval and stuff had said okay. Bach boys on Instagram before. So not to take any credit for it. And then I think Brendan started wearing Reebok at the start of the Gary Vaynerchuk episode. That okay. was the first time. Okay. He wore the shoes. And then I think we he kept on wearing it and we joked around and said Bach boys. And it Who became said, a thing. Who said Bachtober?
0: Who said Bachtober?
2: And I think Brendan, Brendan came up with all the months. We were just joking around together, Bach boys, whatever. And then he came up. I don't know if he came up with it, but he was the first person on the show to say, this is Boktober. Okay. So, and then from there on,
1: I remember uh, people at Reebok, if you hear this, this is not Brendan Dunn claiming that he is owed anything with respect to this. Again, I'm letting other people tell the story. I'm only responding to it because people are adding me, tagging me daily, hourly, assuming that I had something to do with the Reebok Boktober collection. Let's please stop talking about me. Gentlemen, how was your weekend? Okay.
0: One one more thing though you're not going to do the s the Sean Carter I need I want 700%. <laughs> I'm going to
2: let other people there's, tell the story. There's I, a li- there's <laughs> a little connection to Reebok there too. My mentions are crazy right now though cuz I did get a tweet off about it. Oh, and for I the saw. record I, I did ask that. Brendan's permission to tweet about it cuz okay. I didn't want to be you know talking shit when if it's not Thank cool. You. Thank you for that, Wild Hey listen too.
0: total total transparency we've had some Friday night uh convos with you letting the tweets fly and us having to deal with some stuff. So look at the growth here.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um yeah. a Lo- lot more level headed, but yes. The the mentions right now are crazy. Mm. I'd like to give a shout-out to Premium Pete for backing you up, saying... He was backing me up? Oh,
0: balking him up. It's not,
2: because I tweeted that it's weird that it happened, and Pete said, not weird, very normal in the sneaker world, but also very sad.
0: Well, Premium Pete is a man of loyalty, of class, of integrity, and...
2: He knows a He's thing a, or two about this thing of ours. Exactly. He's a friend of ours. Couldn't say it better myself. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of people saying that they're going to boycott Let's stop Reebok. talking about me. I don't, yeah, yeah.
1: Is, we don't need a 10-minute okay. intro just about okay. me. I mean, okay. come on. I mean, although... Keep going.
0: <laughs> no. um, so my week was okay. Um, a little update for me. The Benjamin Kicks package that people... Have been. I've mentioned it a couple of times. The Benjamin Kicks packages in the mail, and I and it's not what I originally thought. You put that pressure on. He said, um, "Hey, just let me know when you get it. It's not going to be what you originally thought." Which were the Grateful Dead dunks? So I'm wondering what it's going to be. But the funny thing about Benjamin Kicks is, <laughs> Wealthy, let me go. The funny <laughs> thing is, like, I have talked to three different like. How old is Benjamin 18- Kicks? I'm, I'm not sure. I'd have to check. He is
2: for, I think he is a lot older than <laughs> Okay. people. Is that, is no, 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 no. He's not older, but he's like one of these kids. That's <laughs> like, he's like the Peter Pan of it's sneaker called reselling called where everyone shit. thinks that he's no. been like 15. No, but everyone still thinks he's 15. I'm like, sorry, I think Joe, he, he's, he's 21 one, to, Yeah. to interrupt. And I immediately
1: interrupted. Keep telling us about teenage sneaker reseller. The, ben thing,
2: the thing that's really funny is I've talked to around
0: three to five people during this process of like, Oh, and Ben is just like, hey, so-and-so is going to handle it. So-and-so is going to handle it. So-and-so is going to handle it. Give you the and runaround. then just – yeah, just joking around, I, I think um, I hit Ben like, come on, Ben. This is bad business at this point. And then some guy, group chat, was like, hey, I don't know who you've been dealing with. But I – but when Ben – t- to the top? <laughs> exactly. No, he goes, I don't know who you've been dealing with besides – but he was like, when Ben tells me to do something, it happens four hours later – Shipping notifications. So we'll I see. I didn't realize
1: uh, that Ben Kicks Empire was a, a, yeah. a, a, such a heavily staffed organization. <laughs>
0: he got, he has a little, we'll see though.
1: We'll, we'll see you what you've up in the mail lately. Yeah. What's uh, up?
2: No, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I Invincible really, Adidas. Oh, I got those. Those are nice. Um Got it from a guest. Shout out Michael Vincent, who was such an early guest on full size run that I said to Brennan that he sent Brennan the shoes. And Brendan goes, he was never a guest on our show. I've never I, seen that episode. Who? Oh. This is this guy, Michael Vincent, who used to work at BAPE back in the day. Um, good dude. OG, like good dude. But I think that he was a guest before I was even a full-time cast member on Full Size Run. And wow. Brendan was on vacation, so I had to just fill in for his spot. It was it was a different era. It was a different era. It was funny era. to kinda of go back like go back that far. That was twenty seventeen. You sent me the link and I was like I have never seen this before in my I, life. I bet it's so much
0: different and I bet the camera presence is so much different. I look back at some episodes of sneaker shopping and it's like wow i just stood there you know a
1: little rough right yeah yeah for sure i'm happy to say i will not have ups or fedex or anybody interrupting the podcast today that's great FedEx already came through they dropped off to casablanca 327 shout out to stevie fun fact my mom lived in casablanca for a while so that's a very personal shoe for me got the iraq zx's last week i don't know if it's a set trip into them with the mq hoodie but i gotta i gotta ask lay takanashi about that
0: that sounds that's uh, that's a lot of technical talk which I missed, but I'll Google it. Um, just shout out, you know, I mentioned real quick. We'll get in and we'll get out of this. I mentioned that index Portland. Um, you know, they I, I called them up for an order and it was a shoe that I'm happy about, and the shoe came and I'm very excited. It's one that I've really chased and wealthy. Like you're smiling because you know that I'm sure this was peak like bright lights of the sneaker industry. Me as an intern, when did these release again? Yeah.
2: 2003. Pharrell NERD
1: dunks with the brain logo on them. Yeah. So, so even before I was an intern,
0: just watching these from afar and locking these down, super happy to get these and shout out to Index, great customer service. And I just love that peep, that samples come through that store because it's so close to Nike headquarters and special spot.
2: Little little known fact that shoe was a part of what it was called, the Artist's Collection. There's a tag on it. There's
0: a tag yeah. on it. Wealthy that yeah, says I it. I
2: believe there was there was three three shoes in the collection, and one of the artists in the collection that most people forget is that Halle Berry. Wow, had, had a Nike Rift. The Rift that right? also that, that went, also released <sighs> alongside the Pharrell Dunk. It's just a shoe that kind of time lost. It was like a women's only release, but that's an L- awesome shoe though. That's an awesome. That's your little fact, sneaker fact of the day.
0: I love that. And the tag says Nike invited three personalities per collection to express themselves through product design.
1: I was going to say, fun story. I've actually yes. very recently discussed with our guest that Halle Berry rift and that pack. Really? Yes. So we we got it. We got. I feel like you that. text
0: everyone. Do you? Are you just texting everyone all the time? Joe, I'm
1: trying to. I'm trying to chase every single lead. My goodness, you text everyone. I'm. I'm
2: out here, man. I dated a girl years ago that randomly had that shoe. (laughs) That randomly had that shoe in the collection, and I remember like going through the sneakers and pulling it out and being like, "What the fuck is this?" That's an awesome shoe to have, the Halle Berry Rift. All right, I think and the Nerd Dunks.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy to have these,
2: Joe. What what you got to do to get Halle Berry on sneaker shopping? That'd be a pretty good episode. Definitely, I would definitely. I would
0: definitely um, be into that. That would be a banger episode. I think we could bring in our guest. I'm really excited about it.
1: Wait, wait, wait. No, no. I got to put one bounty out there since you're talking about picking up rare things. Can can I, can I give one one little bounty before we bring them yes. on? Yes. I need somebody to help me fix a vintage telephone. Oh, okay. Okay. Where where did you get that? It don't work. You never built a red box before, Joe? No. I, w- I need somebody to help me fix a vintage telephone. If you if you got any leads or old rotary joint, that's that's the only time I'll allow you to DM me. Okay, look,
0: all of Alexander Graham Bell's work has now <laughs> peaked on the Complex Sneakers <laughs> Podcast because you need so, you're soliciting someone to help you with the with the telephone. We got to use this power for good. Absolutely. All right, let's get into it. We have a great guest this week on the Complex Sneakers Podcast. Someone who we've all talked to throughout the years, and I think Welty has interviewed him a couple times, and. It's good that we are all sitting down with him because there's a lot to talk about. So let's get to it. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes.
4: Nice dress. Uh, It's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at UH1.com. That's UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for.
0: But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find
3: anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people
2: today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST.
0: Code ACAST. For over two decades, there's been a reseller who let his inventory speak for itself. In an era where the hustle of flipping sneakers has turned independent sellers into online personalities and has spawned everything from weekly YouTube content to full-out consignment stores, our guest on today's podcast has leaned on his eye for hoarding product from the 90s and early 2000s and his My Way or the Highway process. At any time when there's a boom of a certain sneaker silhouette or Travis Scott explodes your favorite obscure Nike Dunk SB, there's a chance today's guest has a full-size one of them. An L.A. resident who sells these sneakers mostly via his personal Instagram, where elusive pairs pop up and quickly disappear as they're purchased. Please welcome to the Complex Sneakers Podcast, the infamous Corgi shoe.
4: Wow, you guys are too kind. I could have used you when I went in front of the judge in two thousand and four. <laughs> <laughs> man, I need a character witness. We are right here. Seriously, Absolutely. those those le- those letters would uh would uh would have helped me out big time.
1: <laughs> How are you, man?
4: Uh, I'm good. How are you guys? Good man. Day by day, you know how it is. How's the uh, uh, you guys working on your WAP challenge? Or <laughs> uh, any?
1: they tried to ban me from Instagram the first time I uploaded it, so I got to be really careful.
4: Oh man, you got it, that's it's 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 dangerous. It's dangerous. Absolutely,
1: <laughs> Corgi. I wanna I wanna go all the way back with you, and I wanna figure out when you first started caring about sneakers, and when shoes really important to you as a young person was it was it that nike air python in 1987 88 that you walked in and saw Foot footwalker was it before
4: then even before then uh 1985 the uh what what really started things off was the uh converse weapon okay. uh magic versus bird campaign mm-hmm. you know they also had dr j that that was like the first first thing it was just uh i i was like a sponge and i just absorbed it i would watch the games and you know, they'd have that, The uh, commerce would have those commercials all the time. It was a huge, uh, you know, huge campaign. And that really started my, my, uh, admiration for shoes. And then, like you said, the air Python, which was just a ugly shoe, but, um, it was just fascinating to me. And then you get into 1987 was huge too, with the, uh, Nike campaign, the, uh, the revolution with the, Be- uh, Beatles song or the John Lennon song. And, um, you know that was like the Air Max Air Max One. You had the Air Revolution. Then you started to have. Uh, I started to notice the Jordan. What was that? The Jordan Three at that time.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: the Jordan Three at that time. I remember exactly who it had it. Ray Jimenez and Justin Gutierrez both had that shoe. And you know that's just that's just how it began. And uh, from there, I would say. You know, you, I, I used to get Sports Illustrated, read the sports page, and I would look at the shoes, who's wearing what. I remember uh, Chris Jackson, a freshman at LSU, was playing in the uh, uh, Bo Jackson, their trainer threes. You know, just stuff like that, little things like that that made me really start to notice uh, the shoes and which players were wearing them back when players mattered to brands.
1: Did you know anybody else at that time who cared about sneakers or did you sense that you were alone and being kind of a nerd about sneakers? uh,
4: uh there was, you know, kids, there was always some kids at school that had some, uh, you know, s- sneakers when Nike introduced the air unit that started, uh, you know, kind of a big thing. I remember my first pair of shoes with the air unit was a, uh, air trainer three and it was white, uh, neutral gray and like a baby blue it was Bo Jackson. That was my first one. Yeah. It just kind of, kind of went from there.
2: And was was skateboarding big to you too because I know a lot of people know you through s b and your connection to supreme
4: yeah skateboarding was cool and uh that was always done you know done as like a kid like many like many people throughout high school you know but back then another thing a lot of people were in Jordans to skate or uh air tra- you know trainers uh to skate and uh it just kind of manifested you know from there. Did you see silhouettes back then that you were talking about
0: and identifying them as cool sneakers that have standed the test of time? Like, is your rate in terms of, I should pay attention to the Air Trainer 3 or the Jordan 1s, were you good at kind of seeking those out when you were even young in your career of buying sneakers?
4: To a fault, I kind of bought stuff I liked. Like, I was stocked with, like, you know, Bo Jackson. I I wasn't, I like the Lakers, so I was never... A Jordan fan per se or and I didn't really wear Jordan sneakers my first pair of Jordan sneakers was that uh Eddie Jones team Jordan wow 90 80. I I didn't I, I I mean I admired Jordan for his play but you know I was a Laker fan so I'm not gonna wear a Jordan shoe it just I, I I'm pretty you know it's pretty strict like that you know I know everybody that's contrary into everybody who you know, has been uh, wearing Michael Jordan since they were born. But I, I I never was and never have been a big Jordan fan, you know, Jordan sneaker fan. I, I definitely admire how they look, but I was just always into uh, into other shoes, other dunks, uh, blazers. I liked Air Forces, uh, a lot of runners, all the runners, you know, uh, from the inception of the, the air unit in like 87. So,
2: So how do you go from, because I remember we had a conversation um, because everyone I think knows you from your stockpile of 2001 Jordan 1s that you just had an endless supply of them. And I remember you telling me that how that came about was, is you were just obsessed with the shoe and just decided to keep on buying and buying and buying them. Not with the intention of selling them or sitting on them for 20 years. You just ended up buying
4: like a couple hundred pairs of 2001 jordan ones out of the blue and yeah mo- most definitely a lot of a lot of shoes were like that whether it was a jordan one or whether it was like a uh you know a, a blazer high or um you know delta force alpha force um a couple other jordan type a couple other jordan you know for some reason i, loved, I really like the jordan nine uh aesthetically so i had a ton of those and you know i just had this like odd fixation with buying a lot of shoes and i had money at the time so i was just stacking you know just buying endlessly uh you know of of certain SKUs and just certain types and it it evolved into pretty much everything i just had like you name it and i had it and i had multiples of them and it was just like a complete oddity you know maybe maybe a mental mental health type issue going on there And it just worked out for me. Thankfully, you know, I could have bought a lot of other things that ended up, you know, not being worth anything.
0: So no one was guiding you. No one was saying, hey, get as many pairs as you can, because this thing in five years, in 10 years, in 20 years may be something that you can make a lot of money off of there was no one that you were looking to like an og or a mentor who was doing the same it was kind
4: of you just on your own doing this no it was me and i it was just me and i didn't like i didn't have friends that were really into i mean they were casually into sneakers like it's almost it's almost similar to you know uh you'll hear a lot of guys talking about oh i've been wearing shoes you know sh- i've been into sneakers forever since i was a kid then they will be like you know i had a pair of jordan threes when i was nine then fast forward twenty five years, and they you know drop a couple million on shoes, and they're just like you know that's that's like their history. I didn't have guiders, any like guidance or anything. It was it was an oddity. I I didn't really talk about it. People didn't know. Um, you know, if you were into sneakers, then you were probably uh, it was kind of you know maybe might get a questionable label. You know, uh, you know g- females like you know were were into shoes. You know, not necessarily sneakers, but they get their like, you know, their, their whatever, their heels and their pumps and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I had a, just a ton of ton of shoes, so I kept it kind of quiet.
1: How much money were you spending on shoes in that period? Jeez, when, when my peak was after I
4: got out of high school. And
1: this is late. I 90s. Came, uh,
4: yeah. Yeah. Let's say this is late, late uh, mid 90s, actually. And I had some money. So let's say 95, 96, 90s, let's say starting in 97, I I ran, I I came into some money and I was just buying everything and anything, mom and pop stores, then at Nike town. And then I found out about like eBay and that was a whole new thing.
1: But there was no particular reason for you to do this. You just decided that you know, I just, I just, just
4: yes, I just, I I appreciated sneakers that much, even if I wasn't going to wear them, I, I wore like the same. The basic stuff. I was, I had, I had like this new balance silhouette, the 496. So I always wear like a beat up pair of those. I had Vans. Um, I'd always wear a pair of Air Max runners, maybe a Bo Jackson, but I had all the Agassiz. I didn't wear them. I didn't like that necessarily those colors or uh, I didn't, they didn't appeal to me on foot. A lot of shoes don't appeal to me on foot, but they look amazing just sitting there.
0: Yeah, because so, you were wearing the same sneakers over and over. And the new balance 496 is like super kind of dad shoe looking, yes?
4: It's like a run. it's like a thin runner. Yeah, but it's definitely yeah. like a it's like if you don't have money to spend on the on the you know on the nine 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 hundred series new balance you get like the you know th- these were the like the big five models. I would always find them at big five like no other stores would really carry them like big five and kind of you know uh uh bang for your buck type stores. Uh, I would wear what else I wear Adidas superstar. Uh, I, I like the all black with a uh, with a white uh, three stripes, you know, just I wear just basic stuff. But I had this like monster collection of, stuff, of shoes. How are you getting the shoes from stores? Did you build up a
0: clientele of stores that you knew the manager, you would show up and they knew what you were there to do? Or or what? How were you amassing that collection? In terms uh, of, a,
4: a, let's see, a frequent buyer at the stores. I had relationships with a lot of the managers um, during that time. I was into you know some nefarious activities, so I could trade and get really incredible value with some managers. Uh, there was a few managers that got. What
1: were into- you trading, Corgi? Uh,
4: I was at that time, drugs. Okay, um, and there was a few managers that got upside down with me. So you know, I really, I really came up well on that. Uh, i still, you know, what was great was that
1: <laughs> can we, can we pause on that? I want to know more about the the managers going upside down on you and you well, somehow I mean, coming you have, up you, good
4: on that equation. You have a debt and you have to pay. And if you don't have okay. cash, then you're just figuring out a way to get, you know, then sneakers, are, you know, sneakers are fine with me. Mm. Got it. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an incredible, uh, exchange rate. Also, what was good was the uh, the friends and family. I remember the friends and family at, at Foot Locker and uh, Champs and uh, Finish Line, all that stuff. I mean, I would, back then, you know, they had a lot of sneakers left in the in the, in the store. It's quite, you know, quite different from uh, these days. So you could buy really good, you know, you could buy Jordans or Air Max or, you know, um, uh, Air Force, you know, like the Four Series, you know, Barclays, stuff like that, stuff that I liked. And I, I would just spend, like, you know, you know thousands on you know in just one 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 ring up. You know, this
2: was because kids don't. This doesn't really even happen anymore because um, in this era, a lot of the brands are heavier on the outlets, so they'll buy back the shoes. You know, before right. they even get to like a because Foot Locker will have like a kind of like a, a lowest dollar that they'll sell something at. You know, and it's usually like sixty or seventy dollars, but. In the era that you were racking up shoes just explain oh, like kids, 1999,
4: like, you know, yeah. 799. You could get shoes would go all the way down to like penny skews. And I'd wow. ask the manager, hey, run a print on all the penny skews we have, you know, or the penny skew, you know, like or, or the pen. He just you're literally uh, paying a one
1: p- cent for a pair of Nike
4: dunks? Literally penny penny skews for for shoes or uh, you know, uh, obscure shoes, but there was a lot of $9.99, $19.99, 2499 plus half off.
1: Wow, that's insane! So you I was say just be, at that point you had like twenty pairs of the white and navy Dunk Pro B that you bought for nine yes. ninety nine, and then fifty percent. That was another, on top of
4: that. Yes, that was another one I always bought the uh, two thousand one. I know. Mean, I think the, those were two thousand one. It was the uh, all white midnight, midnight navy accent uh, Dunk Low, uh, Dunk Low Pro B. Yeah, that was a great shoe. Essentially, five
1: dollars, and that's a sneaker that you can sell for how much in 2020?
4: Oh fuck! I wish I had them in 2020. That's like (laughs) probably a three hundred dollar shoe now. This is literally like Wolf of Wall Street
2: of sneakers. Like when he's selling, when he's in the 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 boiler, the boiler room, selling the penny stocks. Like this will be the big come up, (laughs) and and then he ends up going and doing a ton of drugs. So there's like a a lot of similarities between. I mean, there could be similar
4: parallels, and then uh, there was we, you know, we both, uh, both of us had to go on vacation and, uh, right. you know, we, we, we learned our, our lesson.
1: But before you went on vacation, as you call it, I know you had a, a house basically that was just filled with shoes. Is that right? Were, were shoes yes. entirely consuming your life?
4: Yes. I had, a, uh, I had a house and then I had a condo and the house had six, let's say six bedrooms. And I'd say four of them were just filled with shoes. Wow. And it had a get around at all or it was like, could you no, it was open just door? packed. It, it was just packed in there. Like I wasn't, I didn't have, you know what? I didn't have those, uh, those cute uh, sneaker little display cases that everyone has now.
1: You don't mean like I you, missed out. Me here.
4: you weren't going to
0: the container store every few weeks no. and uh, doing the, 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 the
4: no? Clear. I wasn't getting my custom flip top containers. Now, my setup's like your, like yours, uh, Brandon. You know, just with the it was just kind of stacked in there, and I would you know just put them in the back and go to the front. Uh, so I had just uh, you know, uh, it was, I, I said it was like two thousand, but looking back on it, and now that I know what two thousand pairs looks like. It had to be it had to be close to like four thousand pairs. You think you had four
1: thousand pairs of sneakers. This is back in two thousand four, right? Yes.
4: And do you I always say oh, you had 2000. the biggest
1: collection in the world?
4: Um personal collection, probably, because at that point, like sneakers were just kind of catching on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't think anybody else would have that like fascination and oddity or or waste that much money on sneakers.
2: Mm-hmm. When did or you they start selling the money. shoes?
4: 2009, November.
3: Wow. So, that you, late?
2: So, so you, it was how many years would you say in total that you just were
4: buying and not doing anything with them? Um, well, uh, 2004 to 2009, there was a gap, you know. That you're, that you're locked up, right? Yeah. yeah so, uh, but before then, I'd say I had a good like collecting run about, 10, let's see, 94, 95 a good 10 years. Was there, and then in- like heavy buying, heavy buying for like s- seven years, like big time, but like going to Nike town and just like, I'll take uh, cleaning them out of just whatever they got in, you know? And I didn't, that's one place never, I never,
1: did, were they hesitant to sell you stuff? Did they think you were up? To no, something? they didn't
4: care. Uh, funny. And I, I bring up, you know, let's say like, I did this one time and they said, please don't do that again. I had like $6,000 for the sneakers and I paid an, Literally, I had like fives and ones. I was like, I need to get rid of all these. And they were like, all right, it was just this one time, but we're never going to do this again. And I was like, and I thought about it, and I was like, what a dick I am. Like, who does this? Like, just how three hours? Three hours yeah. at the register? Oh, they were just counting. I said, I'll buy you guys lunch, and like, you know, I'll come back, but they counted it all. I tipped them, because I was just like, what was I thinking? You know, one of those like cringe moments where I was like, oh, I just want to get rid of all my fives and ones. And then I'm just like, you really told me like, oh my God, I can't believe that.
2: And you never, you never knew that like after you never were in your head, like, hey, I'm going to sell this all one day or was it just. No, I never,
4: I never had that intention. And the market, there was no, the market wasn't there. Like maybe you could buy a, uh, you know, a shoe for a hundred bucks and sell it for 125. Like there was no big market for sneakers then. You know, I say the first sneakers first started to have a market with like, I mean, Jordans, you could get a little bit on, you know, when the Jordan 11s came out, there was probably some, you know, I'm going to make 50 bucks off this pair, but it wasn't like a big deal. If you had, if you were selling, I knew, I know some people uh, uh, were selling to Japanese or Japanese buyers, but mm-hmm. that was, that was like the main the main way but even that money wasn't great you know i'll make 30 bucks on each pair 40 bucks I, I, is what they would say it wasn't like a big big margin i think the artist series kind of changed things with the laser pack i remember mm-hmm. that fundamentally changing like sneakers uh that was what 2003 2002 2003
1: Hollyberry rifts. We were talking about that recently, right? Yes,
4: there we go. Uh, yeah, the Hollyberry and one of our our late night texts or early morning few, late night <laughs> Yeah, I heard you guys text. I heard you guys text. We, we were just talking about that actually. Yeah, we stay in communication. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, we're just he's 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 never awake when I when I'm texting him. You know, I, <laughs> for some reason.
1: Corgi, I got to ask more about those early acquisitions. I know you were spending a lot of time on eBay, and I, I found an old quote from you on Nike Talk. We're not going to go too too back into the old quotes, but you, you chalked up a lot of those shoes you had masked to, and this is your quote, eBay being heaven sent for deals, lots of meth and disposable income. Did did you see any parallels between uh, drug addiction and, and sneaker addiction? I don't want to write your story for you, but what do you think about that? I-
4: well, one, I don't believe it. I'm not that big on addiction. I think it's like a, a big uh, unless it's unless it's uh, uh, physiological. If it's psychological, then it's just choices. So I made a concerted choice to, uh, you know, sell drugs, do drugs. Like that's a great quote, by the way. Where yeah. I don't even know where you. Wow, that, that's a, that's 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 very fitting for for that time. You know, I would get hyper focused, and that 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 stuff. You know. Keeps you pretty hyper focused. Can keep you up for a few days, and you're just sitting there on eBay, just like sifting through every single option there is, every single listing there is. You know, I could I just go on like 24 or 48 hours of just eBay buying every yeah, just buying up, buying up everything, buying up everything, and everything was so cheap. You know, people were just getting reddish trying to just get rid of it. They were they weren't selling it at that time. eBay was a place where you're not selling things for profit; you're just selling it to get it out of your possession
0: when was the time where was there a time where you're like what am I gonna do with all this stuff if I don't start selling it or you were okay collecting forever
4: um 2009 there that was that was the time I don't know how how things would have went you know post 2004 but I really didn't have like a plan at all I just I was just gonna can I know I would have continued down that route amassing more and more stuff I mean I I can imagine how many like watermelon air force ones I would have had, you know, gems like that, you know, and like (laughs) weird shit. I mean, it was getting kind of weird at that time. I think sneakers took a dip also during that, you know, they were kind of popular. You consider yourself a hoarder for sneakers? Most definitely. But
2: like, you know, uh, you you see those shows like American pickers and stuff. And there's like that old guy in Iowa that has like 15 barns just full of like old shit that he bought at, uh, you know, yard sales. And now he's 90 years old. He doesn't know what to do with it. Like he shouldn't have sold it. But do you see yourself like, I know you're selling everything now, but do you think that that's where your life kind of was headed when it, in the of No, shoes? because
4: eventually I would have had uh, two things would have happened. Uh, I would have had just too many shoes and I would have seen where the market was going. And I said, you know, I got to sell some of this stuff, especially since I don't wear it. And there's, great value in them I would have I know I would have eventually sold just common sense would be like you got to sell you know because
2: because I know when you you first came on the scene it was like oh nine that's you mentioned right um you I think what a lot of people know you because you went on to Nike talk and you kind of just like set up shop you like kind of had like a thread and you had a blog where like all the shoes were listed a wordpress blog
4: I said I set up a wordpress blog yeah
2: and I remember buying a pair of shoes from you off of there in 2009, it was a pair of OG Air Max Deluxe. which I still have to this day. I think they were 150 bucks. Yeah, and I hit you Man, up. The
4: and Deluxe. Everything. That's a great. That's a great shoe. Bag. That's a what, what Alpha Project, right?
2: Yeah. So I hit. Yeah. I hit you up. Hit you up to buy the shoes, and I think you thought I was someone else, and you were like, "Don't fucking worry about it." And I was like, <laughs> oh. "And you're you're like, hey, I'm not. You're like, oh, I got I got you I got you mixed up." And I'm like, no worries. And I'm like, well, you're like, just send me a money order. And I was like, okay. And you're like, here's the (laughs) tracking number. Just send the money order. And you sent me the shoes before I even gave you the money for them.
0: Yeah, that would happen a lot. Yes, he does that. You do that. I could tell you do that a lot. You've done that for me. And, or as soon as I was like, Hey, I'm interested in these two hours later, I would get the shipping tracking info.
4: Yeah, I'm just give me back. I know, I know people are good for it, you know. And the world the world is so small the world is so small that it's it's I, I never really like worried about it. You know, there's always somebody.
0: And also for all his tough exterior, I will tell you, I don't know where I think I tried to get a ginger pair of sixteens and they sold quickly. And then I'm in the complex office, a package shows up. And the ginger 16s randomly. This is like a year after I tried to get them. No heads up or anything. Did, were any of you working at complex then or no?
2: Yes, I remember yeah. that story, Joe.
0: So I opened it's a ginger, it's a pair of ginger 16s from him, and he just remembered. So listen, all the all the working out and the tough exterior, this guy, this guy knows how to uh kind of also have like a, a soft spot for uh,
4: for good clientele i'm always in what is it feels i'm always in my feels as, it, as, it, as they say <laughs> if I that's, if that's time, what people if that's of... what people even say i might be i'm probably about three four five years late on that by the way <laughs> the slang <laughs> yeah definitely
1: i think the first time i tried to buy a pair of shoes from corgi i was in college and i definitely flaked on him but i was wow. super super nervous because if anybody read corgi's internet posts and his stuff on nike talk you could tell that he was you know He was not playing around. And if you if you tried some bullshit, then you you may pay for it somewhere down the line. And I know some people in the sneaker world have whether or not we're going to name them here. But I I wanted a pair of Olympic Jordan sevens from him. And I emailed him about them because, again, like Corgi mentioned here, you started you started up the WordPress site and you were just this was kind of the Wild West. You you were sick of eBay and the crazy fees. The NT mods wouldn't let you live. I never
4: uh, I never uh, even sold on eBay.
1: You didn't even want to start because they wouldn't let you put Nike no. in the
4: in the item descriptions and things like that. Yeah, you know what? That's you. You have better memory about this than me. I listed uh, for some reason. I listed like twenty shoes and they took them down and said, "I can't, I can't. They were hated. I can't. Yeah, I, something weird. Something, something odd like that. It was just some listing issue. So I said, "Oh fuck this. I'm just going <laughs> to start." And then I asked, uh, you know, I googled like, you know, I'm just going to use the blog. Cause blogs were you know, popular back then. And I said, okay, WordPress is easy. And it was just this like, like very, you know, you guys know, it was like very yep. simple, like yeah. no bells and whistles. Just if you want the shoe here, you go email me. And yeah. I had a ton of those Jordan sevens to the Olympic ones.
1: I think I think I emailed you asking about them because you wouldn't post the prices and you were just looking for fair market value on them. And then you emailed me back. And then in that, I was a college student, so I hope you've forgiven me by now. Certainly forgotten about it. But um, in in the interim period, I decided I didn't want to buy them, so I definitely lied to you over email and said, "Oh, I found a pair for cheaper on Nike Talk." <laughs> but you, you definitely <laughs>
4: send a message back, like, "I'm sure they won't be in the condition that you expect." But good luck. <laughs> I was a maniac back then. I would looking back at a lot of the responses I would give. I was just like, man, that was just so unnecessary. Like, I, I not not how I felt because that's truly how I felt. You know, I wasn't like playing it up. I was like, fuck this person. You know, and that's just <laughs> how I felt. But nowadays, I just don't respond. That's my new thing. I, I have two new tricks that I do. I either just stop, like I just instead of replying, just venom and hate. I just don't respond. Or when I reply, I found that if you use emojis like the praying hands or the fist, or the happy face, you could fucking say anything to someone yeah. and then just use that and they won't take it the wrong way.
2: Speaks volumes. Yeah, I mean, there, there was an era when you were, there would be like a 16 year old kid who wanted to buy a pair of shoes from you and he would do some bullshit and you would like find his mom on I remember Instagram.
4: That I still have that. You found yeah. his
2: mom on Instagram and you wrote this whole long post about her son and you and were like, "Hey, this is what your son's his- doing on the internet.
4: And- and tagged, yep, yeah, and tagged his mom. And, uh again, unnecessary, but um that was First Ballot Hall of Fame, for sure. <laughs> and Dunn got uh, off scot-free?
0: Con- <laughs> Dunn, you got off scot-free? The, the magic card convention on campus could have been, went a lot different.
1: <laughs> I found the email from 2010. I can't see the reply, but, it, you know. I see them listed on ISS and Nike Talk buyer seller DS Jordan guide for 220, 230 thoughts. I definitely, I definitely reply, but I can't find the old reply.
4: I hope none of them get. I mean, I I, every once in a while, I'll, if someone emails me, I'll search like former emails and uh, from that person uh, just so I could refresh my memory to see who it is, and I'll just see one of them, some of my replies, and I'm like, oh, just unnecessary.
1: Do you regret any of that stuff?
4: Um, I definitely would have changed. I think I would have. Changed the way I would just would have stopped replying mm-hmm. i don't I, you know it's it's not like I didn't feel that way, or I mean I was just telling that person how I felt
2: when sneaker reselling really started to take off for you kind of in you know the instagram era yeah how much how much money like was actually like rolling in once you were like posting shoes on Instagram all the time and just had a bigger audience that wasn't searching for it on a blog? It was pretty
4: nice, yeah. I mean, it was good. It was good money. Um, it was really good money. The money's still good now. It's just different. You know, I I'd say in that early Instagram era, there weren't as many people selling on Instagram and I had a lot of shoes that were very desirable at that time. You know, it's, it's kind of like you I've, I've caught some, a few peaks, I've caught some valleys with stuff, you know, so it just kind of balances out, but it it was, I mean, it's good enough money where i you know this was my my job my only you know source of income
0: what do you think your biggest peak was the bulk of is it was it the jordan ones was it something jordan else ones you- for
4: sure jordan ones and during that time just to, um you know all the jordans that that were and even you know people like vintage jordans too uh, originals <laughs> I mean, let's just say because nowadays like a shoe that's three years old is vintage so uh <laughs> original Jordan, you know uh, Original up to like 2004 Jordans, which, and I was just loaded on all, on all those, you know, from, from, uh, or let's say from the 94, uh, Jordan. And then I had some original, I was never really like, I had original Jordan one pairs, but I kind of got those, I, I sold those off to, a uh, to another, to another buyer who just private buyer who paid a ton for them. Uh, but at that time period, I just had all the Jordans, a lot of Air Maxes I had, mm-hmm. you know, from the early 2000s when all the people were playing catch up. I mean, that's what I, I primarily, my business is primarily for, for the buyer who's playing catch up.
0: Mm-hmm. Got it.
4: You know, and wants to get a shoe and, and say, you know, they've had that shoe the whole time, but they were just kind of low key or hiding it, you know.
0: Once the space got crowded in terms of consignment and, and you know, Flight Globe comes around and other consignment stores, how m- more difficult was it? was your kind of process for getting the shoes in bulk like that? Uh, not, not, not really difficult at all. It's all the same. Uh, Are
4: you still buying shadow,
0: old shoes? Uh, yeah. One was like yeah. the last time you did a bulk order or a bulk buyout. Like you've done. I mean, I
4: just pick up, pick up here and there. I don't necessarily, I don't, I, I would truthfully, if it wasn't for the internet, I would have to you know move on. Maybe I'd work at a post office or something. Um. um you know, I, I would, I just don't go to like store. I used to have connections to stores. This is all pre 2004, post 2004. Mm -hmm. I don't have any connections in stores. I don't, I would never ask, Uh you know, the people who work for shoe brands that I know, I would never ask them for a favor like that. You know, I would never wait in line or, you know, pay, pay the backdoor price. So the internet, you know, you could just find anything you want on the internet. If you look.
2: Now that like, consignment has become like big business, right? Like there's people yeah. like you reselling, reselling shoes online, but then it feels like everyone who was a little bit involved in it early on, you know, you have like, like you said, the advent of flight club, you have stadium yeah. goods, you have StockX, you have people like, you know, Dre doing project blitz who kind of opened up businesses. Do you ever wish that you had done that instead of just trying to sell shoes
4: yourself? First uh, I love that interview with Chris that you guys did. Chris Vidal, thank you, man. Yeah, that was a great interview, and uh, huge respect to that dude. He was like a pioneer, and always, um, it was from an era where you just couldn't get a media entry mm-hmm. into, you know, you uh, you you kind of had you just couldn't come in and buy a few pairs of shoes and, you know, be a uh, get a, a membership to the club. I guess you know he was like a gate uh, a gatekeeper, a standard bearer. And, uh, I've always admired him and his, his, uh, you know, his, his kind of approach and attitude towards, I think that's really missing in sneakers today where, you know, if, if you could get 200 pairs of easy out the back door, then you're the greatest reseller ever. You know, um, you could come in and just buy, just spend massive amounts of money. And then all of a sudden you're on complex, you know, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're, you're featured, and you know you're do, You're you're the the greatest thing ever. I think, I think. Anyways, uh, back to your question: uh, Do I, I? think I should have changed things. I've been more receptive to business opportunities. And my here's my problem with all the times someone approached me about doing the open up a, a shop. I was bringing the shoes, and they were bringing Not enough. the offer Not- to. I mean, what what are they bringing? Like, they're not mm-hmm. bringing shoes. They're just, you know, they're not necessarily they're just like, Hey, I got a great idea. Let's, you know, let's open up the shop. We'll sell your shoes. And I'm like, okay. And then I give you 50% of the money of selling my shoes. Like where, where how was that beneficial to me? And that was always the problem where I just never saw, I there was never a, a true partnership, you know, and I don't need someone to like run the back end. you know, I'm capable of, 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 of doing that, and I'm certainly not going to be a mascot for the store, you know, uh, you know, shaking hands and kissing babies out front. So, I just didn't see it as something that was a good fit for me. Now, I do consign to a lot of product now, so you know, that's the last couple of years, I have. You said that you were uh, using least. StockX more, right? StockX, most definitely, and then uh, a few consignment shops. I have a lot of stuff in there, just because pe- their clientele will, you know, grossly overpay for, I mean, feeling. that's what consignment shops are, you know, they're that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, consignment shops will are, have that ability or uh, have, have more consistently have that buyer where, where the person will just overpay. Is that because why do you think that they want it
0: right there? They want to leave the store with it or what?
4: I think, uh, they get a lot of tourists Okay, for one. I mean, uh, and, uh, in particular, you know, the There's been a huge boom in sneakers in China, so a lot of the, uh, you know, Chinese tourists. And also, um, they get a lot of the the people that are just flashy and want to say, hey, I spent, you know, XXX on a shoe. They don't know about the shoe and they just see the price and, you know, it could be a $200 shoe and they just paid $700 for it.
0: And how do you navigate that now? Because we see so many of the valuable sneakers, kind of those flashy. You know, you look at kind of like a Ben and Jerry's dunk, where you have you have classic SBS and you have classic double tongue dunks. Right. How do you feel when you see like the Ben and Jerry's and the Grateful Dead's and and things of this year that the prices ex- they release and the prices explode? I, I think it's
4: very telling about just the market and the consumer. Um, the people are. There, I suppose the the most of the people buying it now, or the the consumer that's driving the market, is very is just, oh, this came out. Let me get it. I'll pay whatever for it. You know, they just uh, they don't necessarily appreciate the older stuff, and they don't have to. But mm-hmm. I, I just think it's more indicative of the current market where you see the prices on, or even like on on a Syri- you know, Syracuse or Kentucky dunk low.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, it's like those are like four or five hundred bucks, and you're just like, how is that possible? Right, because that, and 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 I'm not I'm not uh, trying to besmirch anyone, but just the current consumer, because it's become so pop culture.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Because you know this is so like, you know, Kardashian. It's inspired. Uh, it's inspired by not by athletes, but by you know, celebrities and and uh, music artists. You know, it's just it's all it's all very, I guess, in the best sense of the word, like dumbed down. You know, hey, this is the shoe this is the SB that we came out and you need to have it. And here's the price, you know, people, uh, people can, you know, ask for, you know, 350 400, 500 bucks for the new SB and they can get it. Or the, yeah. the ben, and Jerry's. Now, ben and Jerry's was like a special shoe it was pretty unique mm-hmm. on foot. I don't know. I mean, I think you have to be a, a very unique individual the way, to have that on foot, especially <laughs> at a certain age, especially at a certain age. You know, that's one thing I remember when I was, uh, working uh some retail a few years a few years back and anywhere yeah that's fine i was at supreme a few you know for a few years Mm -hmm. and i would just see i just pay attention to who you know the consumer and who comes in you see like a 13 14 15 year old kid wearing the same thing that a 20 year old kid is wearing the same thing that a 40 year old man is and it was just I don't know. I I think that's uh, again that's very indicative of like what's changed as far as individuality, as far as uh, the how the internet has, yeah. and social media has, has has dictated what to wear, what style, you know.
3: Mm-hmm. And it's um,
4: interesting,
1: too, because you're not necessarily acquiring that new stuff, but you're continuing to flourish as a reseller off of all your old stock. I know you said in 2009 that you anticipated running out of stock around 2010, but, Corgi, we're a decade later, and I know you took a break yeah, and you're exactly, working at Supreme, exactly. and you still have stuff. When does this stuff run out? How much stuff are you sitting on?
4: Yeah, When it's not – when it, I still have a good amount of stuff. I really Thousands? do. Thousands? Well, with the clothing component and then the sneakers, yes, yeah, and I still have uh, a lot of stuff uh, in storage as well as at consignment shops. You know, and that's mm. that sells much slowly. That sells much more slowly.
1: But the money's better. If
4: that if that's grammatically correct, let me think about that. But <laughs> but the money is, you know, it's worth it. Just you know, trickling, trickling. Where you know, something a t-shirt that I could I would list for a hundred dollars, they could sell for three hundred. Wow. Um, a sweater that I would sell for. 500 600 they could get 1200 for it. You know, it's just it's it's amazing how how consignment shops work. Um StockX too. StockX is another marketplace where um you could really do well depending on the item you have. You know, if you're if you're selling uh the majority of current releases then StockX really isn't going to do well for you.
3: Mm-hmm. But
2: small margins. you
4: know, there's there's a few, there's a few there's a few shoes and clothing, but otherwise you're just getting killed. Um, you know, they raised their shipping fees too. I noticed that it went from like eleven to thirteen or something like that. Just what do you think about like the
2: the the modern crop of resellers then who are like kids who are getting six hundred pairs of an Air Jordan release through a bot, you know, in on like unlimited credit cards and then just flipping them all for like $15 the next day and trying to buy a car off of it to
4: flex on the internet. I think it's, I mean, I would say buy a house, but you know, as far as like buying all the shoes with the bot, if if the, if the, you know, I've always said the brands do not care. The brands uh, enable the bots, the brands love the bots, you know, it it makes demand so much better. Uh, Especially when the product numbers are still fairly high. If you can have an immediate sellout because of bots or, and uh, the brand's not doing anything about the bots, then it's it's great. Um, as far as selling their stuff and making money, I think that's amazing.
1: I know I, this is this is an important part of the Corgi story to me too because. I think you were one of the early people who was retaliating against the kind of mainstream narrative within sneaker media at the time that the reseller was bad or that the reseller was evil. And, and you 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 stuck by that, that, hey, it's not bad that we're into this thing and we're going to make money off it. Because I think in the early days of the sneaker internet, the people who were writing the articles just kind of defaulted to anybody who's flipping shoes is a bad person and shouldn't be doing that and is, does not love it or isn't in it for the
4: love. I always, I always found that odd that I always kind of felt like show me a person who's against resellers and I'll show you a person that, that couldn't buy a shoe to, re- to resell,
3: mm-hmm. you
4: know, no, everybody, everybody hates resellers, except when it's their time when they get an opportunity to buy the shoe and resell it, then it's okay.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: You know, you, you're like, Oh, I struck out, fuck all these resellers. But then when they're bought hits and they get three pairs, they're selling it immediately. And, and I just always found a lot of irony in that. I, I think there's nothing wrong with uh you know people people will resell any tangible good. I mean mm-hmm. shit, people resell those Fungo Pop thingies. You're not in the uh, fungo Pop game yet? <laughs> no, I've 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 not not well versed in that, but I've I've seen that. I mean people will sell anything, so sneakers are no different. I think um I don't think it's a, a talent or skill to resell that's one thing i've always tried to balance things out with like when i see someone with uh you know but when the Yeezys were being you know people would have you know hundreds of pairs i'm like okay you know you paid this on i mean it's just not a t- it's a money game there's no talent or skill it's 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 it's, a, it's it's completely arbitrary all you need is money walk up to somebody you know store manager and say hey i want to buy all your pairs i'll give you this money." the manager will figure out how to do it as far as the bots, you know, that's another thing too. I, I guess if you have a better bot and more, you know, a lot of credit, uh, you know, uh, you have a lot of, uh, uh, your credit line is pretty, is, is up there and you could do it. I mean, it's again, it's not, it's just a, a way of finding a way to get things done, but there's too many resellers that, you know, have come and gone that have just been like, I'm the greatest ever. This is such a, a skill and talent. Same with buying sneakers. Mm-hmm. You have a lot. You have, you have a lot of people who buy sneakers who who spend just endless amounts of money, and then they act like it's it's like a talent or skill or they're special. Like all you did was spend more money than anyone else. That's all. That, that's all it came down to.
2: I feel like you hate the shoe liberty people. You have like a disdain for like people who just like they make their whole self image off of their sneaker collection. Yeah, I I
4: just think it's not. I've never been impressed. Like nobody can impress me with their sneakers, you know, Uh, because I've either had that shoe or had opportunity to buy the shoe or you know just didn't didn't buy it. And I know what things cost and you know how you how you're getting your shoes. So what's what's it's just a money it's just a money thing. You could have. If any of you had the money, that uh, I am I'm, I bet you the complex. But you, I bet you got all three of you got the money, but you're just more <laughs> no. more sensible with your earnings. Like, I'm, that's why I'm trying to get a fourth, a fourth, be the fourth man on this team here. So I can get oh. that, <laughs> that, that complex. Money. Or I need my own my own uh, late night complex yes. show, like from from two 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 Uncut. a two to three a.m. How many weeks would that last? Over under. Oh, they—the lawsuits would come immediately. You'd have people protesting. They protest in LA for me, and they protest their offices in New York. Cancel for sure.
3: Yeah,
4: one uh, thing I want- would be. Um, but but my my whole point yeah. is that there's nothing impressive about buying sneakers or buying cars or buying how. I mean, it just shows you have the money. That's all. And you're not exactly, and you're not, if you're spending, and you're not exactly, you know, there's other assets you could buy that are more, you know, more, more impressive.
0: You said that buying sneakers isn't a talent or skill. And I know that I've read interviews where you were like going through my inventory. It's not a lot of rhyme or reason as to when to pull shoes out. Has that process matured anymore? You say like, say you, you see the last dance and you know that these, Jordan ones are going to explode. Obviously Jordan ones is like a fastball down the middle, but what about when like the Nike SB reemergence happens? Do you, have you changed your ways in that you go to the storage and you look for pairs just because it is like, it makes more sense from
4: a business perspective. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I've become more aware lately because everything's getting retro. So now, uh, um, you know, uh, here's, I'm pretty insulated from a lot of the stuff that's coming out. So I've made a much more concerted effort to like either ask people like, Hey, what's coming know Is there anything coming out that I, you know, I'll ask a few people that know me and know what I have, you know, know the type of stuff. Like, should I be selling anything? I used to ask people at Nike, um, what was coming out. Although those people have moved on to a, to other endeavors, but uh, that people really Nike
1: were giving you resell advice.
4: No, they'd say like, we're coming, we're coming out with this shoe. And that, that would inform
0: you maybe to move.
4: Yeah. Move them. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Hey, move all your LeBrons, move all your LeBrons. Cause LeBron, you know, one, two, three, and four are all coming out. Uh, Jordan 11 is coming out for, you know, for the 18th time, you know, sell it. Jordan ones, um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, sometimes I, I get, caught unaware of a shoe that's coming out you know and i'll just be like fuck i should have i should have been more aware or perceptive or you know that that happens too any of um, those that
0: come to mind specifically
4: recently there's been some oh some dunk uh the michigan dunk mm-hmm. i think brendan gave me a, a, a we text and he said he thinks those are coming out like a month before and i wow. kind of tasted it
3: Okay, look at this guy,
1: <laughs> the insider trader of the Wolf of Wall Street.
4: Which one? <laughs> Who are you?
3: you the Jonah Hill character? Let the character record show I asked
1: for no commission, <laughs> but, but Corgi did cut me
2: a deal down the line, so maybe I did get repaid. Okay. Corgi, one of, one of the things that you hate, though, that's early, and I remember, is you have a big disdain for leaked, like, China factory shoes Damn. and sneaker blogs posting them, such as ourselves.
4: Yeah, I think I think uh, um, I've always had a problem because I'm like, you're, you're. although the shoes are going to look very similar, you're like you're basically showing fake shoes and you source the site and then people go to the site and they buy, you know, they buy all, buy it all up. I just had a big, uh, um always had a big problem with that, uh, that I, I just thought it was promoting and validating fakes. You know, that's, that's just how I viewed it. I I, I just felt it was, um, the sites were so hungry for that information that they couldn't wait or they couldn't do a mock-up or they couldn't do a rumor. They had to get that, you know, photo, you know, with those little ladies in the background, you know, stitching, you know, hand-stitching their shoes or whatever. Uh, it's just, uh, but that's, you know, now that's become standard, or at least I think so. Do people still use the photos?
1: They're around. It
4: seems. Yeah, it seemed like it was still, it's, it's become the standard. Uh-huh. Uh, I just think it, it grazed the line of between. It, it, it kind of muddles between authentic and real. Although the fakes are very, so good now on, on many, many, many shoes.
1: Did you ever buy a fake, fake pair of sneakers?
4: I have had, I've had, and I've, I happened? remember I stole a, a fair pay, fake Jordan 10s from 2005, white, red, to a guy. And he hit me up like two weeks weeks later. He's like, I think these are fake, and I said, mm, I don't will
1: fucking slam you through the <laughs> the nearest sidewalk if you ever talk. To no, that not at again. all. Not
4: at all. I not at all. And I he said, I think these are fake, and I said, Why do you think that? And he's like, I kind of look at this and send me some photos and said, Oh yeah, you're right. Good eye. So I just I'm I'm always cool about that. I've had uh, I sold a a Malcolm McLaren like 2009. It was like the most random fucking Supreme shirt. Like mm-hmm. I was like, Who? I didn't even check. I just looked at it. How sold would there it. possibly like,
1: be a fake of this shirt? Hey.
4: Right. The guy's like, I think this is fake. I was like, and I'm always good. Like there's someone, there's been probably like those two. And then like one more guy, occasion, one more occasion. And I'm I'm always cool about that. I'm like, well, let me know. Like why you think that? And they'll send me a photo or something. I'll be like, Oh fuck. I can't believe they made a fake of that. It <laughs> threw me off. You know, it's always, it's, it's it, it, it was amazing. They'll bootleg anything is my point. But, you know, I, I, that's happened to me. A kid, oh, could recently. I had a, what the fuck was it? Something on my Instagram page. And uh, he's like, oh, the, it was a supreme accessory. And he's like, oh, the, the, the NYC is like off centered. And I was like, holy shit.
3: Mm-hmm. It's like,
4: I'm very thankful for people that have ever, like, you know, caught, caught some of that stuff, caught wind to it because, it's just phenomenal how how uh, well studied and, and scholarly people are on certain products, you know, where they'll be able to say like, oh, that, that NYC should be like a millimeter over and then they'll send pictures and I'll be like, man, thank you. I, I really appreciate people like you who are like, you know, so in with it. I've never been a, a nerd like that where I was so focused on like all, you know, the little detail, you know, the little details. It was never like a consuming thing. I just thought, OK, it looks good. It looks good. So I'm always very appreciative when people are like, you know, catch little details. All right, there was a uh, Lebron. This was the, uh, the last one. I think it was a Lebron Eight, mm-hmm. like worn Lebron Eight, and no box. And I list it, and he's like, "Hey," in my DMs, he's like, "Hey, I think this this is fake." I looked at it, I was like, "Oh shit, you're right." You know, it's always like some off, the off most random shoe. Yeah, just random stuff. I'm always real appreciative and cool. Like I'm never like, "Oh no, you're wrong," or mm-hmm. you know, I'm always, uh, you know, I'm. I'm so-and-so and I don't sell fake. It's like, it happens to everybody, you know, the bigger problem is the people that knowingly sell the fakes, you know, knowingly, uh, you know, and that's, that's, I still see that as a big problem. I think if you're selling fakes and you, uh, uh, and you say, Hey, these are not fake, but they're good enough. I'm, I'm actually fine with that. Like if you're a hundred percent transparent and you're like, Hey, You know, these are from the China factories. They look close. You know, if you're interested, let me know. I mean, how could you be really mad, mad at that? Someone's like full, full, full disclosure.
1: Corgi, I want to ask, you know, a lot of people see you as a reseller. And like I said, there's a stigma about people who resell don't necessarily care about shoes or aren't genuinely into shoes or don't love shoes. I don't believe that's the case with you because I, I see how passionate you are about this stuff. And I want to know, like, what's the stuff that you like right now? Are you are you still just excited about the old stock that you have? Do any new sneakers excite you? Not really.
0: Nothing. Um, one, not one that came out that you were like, this is a good shoe recently
4: Uh, there might be some good i'm pretty insulated from that stuff you know i was i was actually i was working on my uh list of uh you know that we could go over of top 50 releasing next week but (laughs) you know i know that i know you guys are heavy on that no nothing nothing like is impressive uh really is impressive i guess like no nothing like catches my nothing catches my eye i just kind of wear what i wear What's um, the
0: last new shoe you bought for yourself?
4: Oh, okay. I bought a bunch of these adidas like boost uh, kind of flying it material runners at Costco, and they were twenty bucks each, and I bought uh, twelve pairs. <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> still got the bulk in you,
4: and I'll just wear those to, now I don't need a workout shoe for the next like three, you know three three years. That's it. Anything I haven't bought a, a sneaker personally for me in in ages. Uh, I still. I'm fortunate to get a few things from Nike every once in a while. Wow! Um, and I don't, otherwise I don't really need to, I don't really wear sneakers like that. You know, I kind of, I wear, I have a, a good amount of Vans still that I like to wear. Um, New Balance, of course, not the 496. Cause those are just unwearable anymore. They don't, they didn't like update them. So right. I still have one pair left. Just in the box. It's one of my favorites.
1: When you got locked up in 2004 and you were away for years, were you thinking about sneakers at all during that time?
4: Sure. I, I talked to a lot of people about sneakers, you know, being in, um, being in New York with a lot of, you know, uh, young adult males, you know, we talk about sneakers all the time. My friend, Aunt, my friend, my very, very good friend, Aunt, who I met in prison in MDC Brooklyn, mm. um, he kind of got, he was talking about shoes one day and I started talking with it. that's like how we kind of, you know, connected. And then there was a, a, a bunch of, you know, a bunch of guys in there who like shoes. You know, everybody was buying shoes, whether it was the uh, um, Jordans or Agassiz or Bo Jackson's or this or that, you know, Air Max's. So I, I did think about sneakers, but I had other pressing issues on my mind, of course, you know, mm-hmm. during, that t- during, that, during, that, during that time, you know.
1: Did you have sneakers on the inside?
4: No, I would wear. I would wear uh, the free like Bob Barker. That's the company that makes them. Either the 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 Skipper Bobo shoes, like the court shoes, or the free Chuck Taylor version. I never bought them. Uh, the only um, I just I'll be like I'll wear them for free. I would just uh, wear them out because I would play a lot of handball mm. and uh, basketball. And I just you know I I was like I'm not gonna waste like eighty you know sixty eighty a hundred bucks on a pair of New Balance or the or the Jordan you know the Jordan or not the Jordan, the Nike they offered, uh, when I could just get these unlimited for free.
1: And did you feel like when you got out that everything had changed and you didn't recognize this whole sneaker thing anymore? Was there a drastic difference?
4: It was crazy. I was, I was insulated as far as what was released and the pricing. And I, when I got out, I was like, the market was pretty, um, it really vamped up from, you know, during those five years. So that, that that brings me back to like why I was, I would say like, Hey, just make an offer because I had no awareness of what things were really worth. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like crowdsource it. Like, okay, I get 10 emails and you know, one guy's offering me like 60 bucks and then four people are like 400. I'm like, okay, it's probably closer to sixty bucks, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was just a, a complete change and, you know, the stuff that had come out during that time and, I mean, it's just, it's, it's incredible how much you miss technology-wise too. I was just like, wow, what's going on here?
0: Corgi, where do you see once the inventory eventually runs out, Where are you buying any more to keep the inventory to have more legs? Or once the inventory is done, you think that you'll kind of walk away?
4: Uh, most definitely. I'm, I'm still buying some stuff here, mm-hmm. here and there. I still have a lot to sell. Uh, it just matters where the market goes. If it's just I'm seeing the market as being um, still it's still sustainable, but it will just be it's it's interesting where the market is going. I uh, there's always going to be a market though, so it just matters if the if I could get, you know, my uh the percentage I'm looking for in return on, on on the shoes or what I I I ideally the margin ideally ideally I'd like. You know, where do you guys think the market is going? I it seems really siphon, it seems like it's really siphoned where it's like. There's a lot of stuff coming out, but only a few things that are really worth, you know, worth money.
1: It's hard to say. I think I think it was cool for a lot of people to say six or seven years ago that there was a bubble, and I don't think those claims were based on a lot of real data. It just became the cool thing for older people who were into sneakers to say, and we haven't seen the quote unquote bubble burst yet. So I'm I'm not convinced that it's slowing down anytime soon.
4: No, it's it's definitely bigger than ever, but I I feel like it's. The the I guess the skews that people are after is there's a ton of shit coming out, but the stuff that people want and the tough the stuff that has a secondary market is uh, you know less and less. I
2: don't know, man. There's a lot of Yeezys kids are selling shoes. Are, shoes are either a thousand dollars or like on sale. There's like that's no... what I'm
4: kind of saying like there's mm-hmm. there there's and there's a lot of stuff being made. I'm just interesting. It's I'm interested to see where it goes. You know where where it's yeah. going to be in two years and really, things will 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 slow down. Um, you know, dunks will go back to normal. I feel like they've already I've already have kind of, you know, uh, tapered Calm off a, bit. a little bit. Yeah, definitely. As people are are going to the next thing. Um you know, Jordans are always going to be popular, but what Jordans are really making money? How many out of out of how many that are released, like what Jordans are, you know, really making I think it's a great time if you're a buyer personally. Mm-hmm. I think it's good if you just like shoes and want to have like a, a variety of shoes, you can get some really cool deals and, and good stuff.
1: But you're, you're I not think really people, a buyer at this point. I got it. Is, is there anything you're looking for? The glass jaw blazers? Did you ever find that? What I had two shoe? pairs of those. You you did get them. Two of them. I'm glad you yeah. did that. Is, is there anything else on your, your grail list that you want to check off? No,
4: maybe, uh, um, I think I would, I have an original air revolution. I want to, get eventually get that 86 python or 80 whatever it came Mm -hmm. out um i've seen pairs but they're like 500 bucks i'll be like i'll wait when it's 100 bucks you know Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily need i have like a lifetime of memories and thoughts as far uh, as sneakers i don't need to like necessarily validate those those memories fond memories and thoughts like on foot or having it you know in my possession. You know, it's the same to me. If I never buy that original Air Python, I'll still, it's fine. I'll, I'll be okay. And I could buy it now. I mean, it's it's just a question of joy. I don't necessarily want, you know, don't necessarily need it, like sitting there. Corgi, one thing, what
0: happens to the sneakers that turned out to not be valuable? What do you do with them? Is there
4: a lot of them? Not so much any, anymore. Every once in a while, I'll come across something. I'm like, man, not a good pick. I, I, I you know, just sell stuff. I'll just sell it at whatever, you know, whatever yeah, I got it, you know, I got it cheap, so I'll sell it cheap and 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 try to put that money into something that I know will have a a good margin. you know, I, I will say right now I'm much more selective in buying. That's that's something that's okay. changed. And now I'm very selective in 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 anything that I buy because i, I the market is so not you know, as we, as we've seen, not everything goes up. A lot of things start off high and then just drop and drop and drop and then become stagnant because there's so much other product coming down and everybody is. So what's coming out, you know, next week is my favorite shoe ever. The next week is my favorite Mm -hmm. shoe ever. You know, how do you have four all time grails, (laughs) you know, in one month for a year? It's just that type of mentality is what is, is is, as I feel like that type of mentality is driving the market because the consumer has kind of just gained access to the market. So they're very, you know, it's a younger market and, um, I think every, I think most everybody's just fixated on the same on the same shoes. But there's still like some old, really old school vintage guys that will be like, you know, still trying to buy like '87 Agassiz, and that's cool. I mean, if you guys buy any like uh, uh any, you guys, I, you guys, all flip flopped on the Union. I remember,
1: not me listening
4: to the podcast. I like the, sh- I,
2: I, I did like the shoe, but
1: I think a lot of those things take time, and and I, bu- I buy new shoes regularly.
4: No, I thought Welty was like kind of uh, lukewarm. And then as uh, a week before release, it was like very yeah. sky high. I, I think Joe liked him. I, he loves those now. Um, I, I didn't like that show particularly. I have great uh, respect and, and fondness for Chris Gibbs. He did a great interview with you guys.
1: Thanks, man. Man, he,
4: You guys really uh, uh, asked him some great stuff. And he's so he's so like eloquent and just polished professional. Yeah, so, you know,
1: so, so great to hear those stories.
4: It's that good, uh, it's, it's that good, uh, 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 Canadian education growing up, you know, so they have a good public system.
0: Corgi, I have one last question for me, sneaker wise. Is there a shoe that you have that, you know, is worth an insane amount of money and you may only have one of it, or you are always buying in bulk?
4: Um,
0: were there any singular come-ups that you know that you have that, is like honestly just a personal game changer for you that you have and you could sell it for maybe not a life-changing amount of money but something that you could sell that could really
4: afford you something to do whatever you want not really um yeah let me see like no i remember i I mean there was some shoes now that i wish i would have saved that was the problem you know i was when you're selling you're selling and you, you know who would have thought that like some of the first SBs would be worth what they're worth now. Mm-hmm. Um, um, who, but I wish I would have saved like my Deftone dunk. Um, you know, I sold that. I sold that to a friend. I gave him, I mm-hmm. gave him a good price. Actually, it was a fair price. Like nobody wanted that. That dunk wasn't high in demand. Mm-hmm. I, I have a good story of how I, 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 I got that Deftone dunk for literally like an eight ball of Coke. And I think, like a half a gram of meth it was one of those wow. stories from like a guy who was like a roadie with a band uh, because
1: I, I don't know the going rates on
4: these things <laughs> yeah it was just one of those stories where like we were kind of partying and he's i used, i knew him and he's like hey you like shoes right and i was like yeah he's like i got this dunk i'll bring it by next time you brought it by and it was like a deftone dunk and i hadn't even really like i was a fan you know fan of the deftones for sure and i was like oh that's sick like you know and, and they look were really, really legit so i was like how much you want from me? he's like just give me like a party pack and i was like cool wow. all right and then it turned out to be you know well sought after uh, sought after shoe especially now if you have those it would have been real nice but I, I don't really to your question because i often ramble and digress uh i don't have a single shoe right now that would be like life-changing but i guess life maybe like a good amount of sale would be what, 30, 40, 50,000 would not life changing, but that'd be a nice something to change. You don't have like a, you don't have like a flam dunk or something. That's like what that. I mean. No, something like, no, I know okay. when you could buy one for like what? 50 grand. Yeah. yeah. Or it's one just sold
2: for $63,000, which is crazy. You know,
4: was that the, uh, the, uh, I think I saw that the auction.
1: Yeah. yeah that was
4: who was that? Was that Futura's shoe, uh, uh, Lenny shoe or was that,
1: I believe a private that seller stuff selling belonged it. Belonged to a private collector named Ryan Chang.
4: Oh, okay. Okay. I wasn't sure if 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 futura Len- Lenny had uh, uh, was selling it, you know selling his stuff or not. I thought man, either man, way, that's cool, make your money.
1: We're right at the end of this, and we're now we're really getting into the real Corgi Shoe story, spoons, balloons, and motel rooms.
4: Yes. <laughs> the old one of my favorite sayings. <laughs> By the hour. That's it. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll, I hope we I hope we get a chance to to talk more about those stories one day. But also, I feel like we'd be remiss while we have you here to not talk about um, your other Instagram account and and mm-hmm. the work you're doing in LA's homeless communities. Can you talk about that
4: for a bit? Yeah, thank you for uh, bringing that up. After uh, I left Supreme, I had a lot of free time, you know, because I was working full time there, obviously. So I said, I I don't know, I just wanted to do something. I didn't just want to you know, I want to do something with my time. And I said, Hey, you know, there's, I live downtown and there's just a homelessness has exploded. And I just thought it'd be interesting to like interview homeless people.
3: Mm
4: -hmm. And, um, you know, it's been real informative. Um, and I just, I just say like, what's going on? How long have you been homeless? Uh, it's real. It's not professional. It's not polished. It's just two people having a conversation. And you just find out like, what's everybody's story? What, what can, you know, are they interested in going to the shelter? Are they, you know, what's their situation? Do they want to get off the streets? Uh, what, what role do they, like, you know, do, 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 do drugs play any role in their life? Um, just basic questions like that. And I also, uh, you guys, uh, Brendan who especially assisted, you know, st- stance uh, through you sent some socks and I, I give out socks to homeless people. and. Um, you know, just a brand new pair of socks. Other people, there's been many people that have donated socks uh, where they uh, shoot me a few bucks and I'll buy them or other people just send me socks direct through Amazon. And I'll literally just uh pass them out hand to hand to people uh, uh, who are living on the street. And they really appreciate it because that's, you know, something that's seldom donated. Mm-hmm. Uh You know, there's, there's mm-hmm. tons of food. There's a lot of clothing, but you know, socks is like I come across people that don't have socks. They really value it. Like, Hey, you want a pair of socks? And they're like, eyes light up and they're just super happy. And it it really, uh, you know, makes a connection where as, you know, I'll see them, I'll see a a lot of people over and over and, you know, just conversate with them just in general, you know, a couple of them call me. I, I, (laughs) I have some people that have my number and we'll just fucking chat sometimes what are you up to and this and that?
0: Honestly, it's something that a lot of people see from afar, but your conversation is one thing that I've noticed just following that Instagram account and, and checking in with it here and there. It's like you are showing the many facets of, of homelessness and you know, what people are dealing with and how long some people have been on the streets and how young some of these people are. So it's been really eye opening. and um, yeah, you know, I just applaud you for, for doing that and, and, it shows that those
4: people are comfortable talking to you. So, yeah, it's been it's, it's odd. That, uh, for some reason, the people are comfortable. Um, I think I don't. I think part of it. We'll always, you know, we'll talk before I do the on-camera interview, and you know, they'll see I'm a regular guy. You know, we'll talk. A, a lot of people that have been are you know homeless, have been in and out of prison, drug issues. I could certainly relate to that. So people get real comfortable and just see I'm just a regular person and we could also talk about how much money is spent on homelessness and homelessness by the government with li- with minimal minimal results, and it's just crazy how 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 it's tragic how much waste and how uh, our gover- our local state and federal government approaches homelessness, and it's just it's a bill, you know tens of uh, billions spent every year and to no avail and it's just it's a, it's a big business i'll just put it like that it is a huge business and bringing people off the street cuts funding for that business so you know that's 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 my uh the biggest thing that i've taken from doing this page got it well corgi can't thank you enough it's been long
0: overdue that we chopped it up and to hear your stories and kind of finally talk to you at length. You know, I know wealthy has interviewed you and I know you and Brendan text and you and I hit each other up here and there, but it it was great. I really appreciate you taking the time and kind of uh, telling the stories and, and how you amass such a collection that never ceases to like surprise me, man. It's, it's like it's, it's every time like a post goes up or a bulk bulk of posts go up. It's exciting. So uh, thanks again for joining.
4: I really appreciate you guys having me on. You guys have have had some very esteemed names and and big guests, so it's it's really a, it's really an honor that you guys would ask me on and just uh, let me uh, you know rant, rant and say say all the little little things. I, I truly appreciate it.
1: Thank you, man.
0: Thanks, man.
4: Thanks, guys. Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our
0: associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound Engineering done by William Smith. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.